Hey there, Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Hope you enjoyed our special hosts last week as much as I did. Tip of the hat to Gustavo Sugrero and Ruby DeLuna. Here's the wrap on today's top stories. It's Tuesday, January 16th. The Tacoma officers investigated for the death of Manny Ellis are resigning from the police force. The three cops were acquitted last month despite community pleas for justice. The city of Tacoma said today that they have also been largely cleared of any misconduct the city could bring against them. Amy Radel has the latest. Jurors acquitted the three officers of murder and manslaughter charges in December. This latest announcement exonerates the officers Timothy Rankin, Christopher Burbank, and Matthew Collins of violating department policies on use of force when they violently restrained Ellis. The only discipline being meted out by Tacoma Police Chief Avery Moore will be a written reprimand for Officer Collins for violating policies on courtesy when he told Ellis to shut the F up after Ellis said he couldn't breathe. The chief said the agency cleared the officers of other violations based on the policies that were in place at the time of the encounter in 2020. He said the department is currently overhauling those policies because they, quote, failed to serve the best interests of the police department or the community. Amy Radel, KUOW News. As it stands, former President Donald Trump will be on the Washington state primary ballot despite a challenge against him. Kitsap County Superior Court Judge Jeffrey Bassett has declined to hear a case that questions the legitimacy of Trump's candidacy. I do not believe Kitsap is the appropriate venue for this case today. Kitsap County residents filed identical cases in Kitsap and Thurston counties, claiming Trump shouldn't be on the ballot because of his alleged involvement in the January 6th insurrection. Thurston County is the seat of the state government, so Bassett determined Kitsap was not the appropriate county for this case to be heard. No hearing date's been set in Thurston County. A group of passengers has filed a brand new lawsuit against Boeing and Alaska Airlines, according to the Seattle Times. They were aboard the flight from Portland to Ontario, California, two weeks ago that had a wall piece blow off mid-flight. This is the second passenger lawsuit over the mishap. A separate group is suing just Boeing. And meanwhile, Boeing has appointed a new advisor to lead quality review of its planes, an advisor who will be independent, not a Boeing employee. Kirkland Donald, a retired U.S. Navy admiral, was chosen for the role today and will start immediately. Admiral Donald will work on Boeing's facility practices and quality management for commercial airplanes. It is cold enough for pipes to burst, and many, many have, and easily cold enough for hypothermia to set in. So overnight shelters for homeless residents have been extended. Casey Martin reports. Over the weekend, the few severe weather shelters that opened in Seattle filled up quickly. People showed up to Seattle City Hall, which was open just one night. King County officials say the Exhibition Hall in Seattle Center provided shelter to nearly 300 people. The Salvation Army shelter in Soto hit its capacity. And at least 20 families sought shelter through groups like the YWCA. 
A lot of people who don't typically like sleeping in shelters had to come inside to escape the sub-freezing temperatures. A spokesperson for Harborview Medical Center said several homeless people came into the hospital with different illnesses. At least one unhoused person is in the ICU with severe hypothermia. The shelter at Seattle Center has been extended through Wednesday night because of the extreme cold. Casey Martin, KUW News. To Seattle politics now. The race is on for someone to fill the one open seat on the city council now that Teresa Mosqueda moved on to the county council. And some Seattle business leaders are backing Tanya Wu. David Hyde has more. Last fall, Chinatown International District activist Tanya Wu lost her bid to represent South Seattle. Now she appears to be gaining traction to be appointed to the open seat. It's a temporary job until the fall election when voters will pick a permanent replacement. Three city council members have named Wu as their top choice. And over the weekend, a letter leaked from political insider Tim Cease. He urged the business community to back Wu. Dozens of people applied for the job. On Friday, the council narrowed that list to eight, all of whom will get a chance to make their case in a public hearing next Monday. David Hyde, KUOW News. You know that deal to smash together two giant grocery chains? Mm, Not so fast. Washington is the first state to challenge the merger of Kroger and Albertsons. Attorney General Bob Ferguson says it would be bad for consumers. Ruby DeLuna reports. More than half of all supermarkets in Washington are currently owned by either Kroger or Albertsons. Attorney General Ferguson says a merger would eliminate head-to-head competition between the two largest grocery operators in the state. If Kroger and Albertsons merge, they will simply put dwarf the competition. And that, Ferguson says, means fewer choices for shoppers. He says he's not convinced the company's offer to sell 413 stores would solve the issue, noting the buyer lacks the infrastructure to become a large-scale operator. In a joint statement, Kroger and Albertsons calls the AG's decision to sue premature. The Federal Trade Commission is still weighing the merger. Ruby DeLuna, KUOW News. In another court today, opponents of Washington's capital gains tax suffered a legal loss. The U.S. Supreme Court announced it will not hear the case. Jeannie Lindsay has details. Washington's capital gains tax applies to profits of more than a quarter of a million dollars from sales of assets like stocks and bonds. A conservative think tank, Freedom Foundation, filed a challenge with the U.S. Supreme Court in August. The group claims that the tax violates federal law. But SCOTUS decided it won't hear the case and didn't explain why. Republicans in the state legislature say they're unsurprised but disappointed. Uh, Disappointing that uh, legislative Democrats essentially got away with the word games they played. That was House Minority Leader Drew Stokesbury. But even though the court challenge is over, the capital gains tax is still unsettled. A proposed initiative aiming to repeal the tax could appear on Washington voters' ballots this fall. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. The University of Washington has wasted no time in bringing on a brand new football coach. This morning, the school introduced Jed Fish, who was named head coach on Sunday after coach Kalen DeBoer announced Friday that he's transferring to the University of Alabama. Fish was put on the hot seat today already about the Huskies losing the national championship game this month. 
I understand that there's always concern currently in the environment we're in about how much can we get behind one person, one coach, one situation, but they're getting behind a university. Fish has been the head coach at the University of Arizona for the past three years and says there will be many changes under his leadership, including new players and coaches. And he'll fit in great in a maritime city with that name. Raise your hand if you've ever had a few bucks left on a gift card that goes to a junk drawer to never be seen again. There's a proposal in the legislature about those low-value cards, and some retailers are against it. One bill would allow consumers to cash out their gift cards as there's a $50 balance or less. Katie Beeson's with the Washington Food Industry Association, and she says it would put retailers at risk. Retailers are at a higher risk of gift card frauds, and gift cards become a bigger target for money laundering. That proposal would allow consumers to use gift cards with other forms of payments to make a purchase. Consumer advocates say the last time the state created policy on unused gift cards was in 2004. At that time, the unspent balances represented $3 million a year. It's grown to hundreds of millions of dollars now. In Bremerton and other waterfront towns today, businesses are reeling from the news that they'll have only one vehicle-carrying ferry until 2028. But the ferry crisis has spurred local officials into action. Joshua McNichols has more. Car ferries are expensive because they're big. But smaller, passenger-only ferries, like the ones run by Kitsap County, are much cheaper. State funds allowed that fleet to add more sailings last year. Since then, ridership has surged. Bremerton Mayor Greg Wheeler called the expanded service an overwhelming success. We have literally put people back to work, helped them maintain their jobs, maintain connectivity. Wheeler says his community still needs its big state ferries back for freight and for car-dependent residents. But in the long run, he dreams that waterfront communities along the Sound could be linked by a walk-on-only mosquito fleet, like the one that bound them together 100 years ago. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. And one more thing today. Pipes have been bursting left and right in Seattle due to the hard freeze. Firefighters had to respond to at least 120 locations to help since Friday, including some schools. So a quick refresher to keep your pipes working. Make sure pipes near exterior walls or in crawl spaces are insulated. If your indoor temps go below 55, open cupboard doors so pipes can get warm air. And if all else fails, you can let a faucet run on a slow stream overnight. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. See ya.